the Solopreneur Hour podcast, job security for the unemployable. Hi, this is Michael Port. You're listening to the Solopreneur Hour with Michael O'Neill. Hey guys, I just wanted to check in with you and let you know that uh, the audio is going to sound a little weird on this particular show. Um, For whatever reason, I didn't record the uh, full, real Zoom H6 version of today's podcast. So I extracted the audio from my Facebook Live, which is going to make it sound a little weird. So I apologize. Uh, At any rate, content's still pretty rad, and I hope you like it very much. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on Monday. It's the Solopreneur Hour podcast with Michael O'Neill. Welcome to the Solopreneur Hour podcast, where every episode we co-host with the best and brightest solopreneurs in the land. And now your host, Michael O'Neill. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 479 of the Solopreneur Hour. What's up? It's live from Lake Tahoe, and it's beautiful here. I got a sweatshirt on. It was like 105 degrees in San Diego two days ago, and now I'm in a hoodie. I'm in perfect shorts and a t-shirt, or I'm sorry, shorts and a sweatshirt weather, which is some of my favorite weather in the world. So I'm going to be going, uh, I'm here in Tahoe for a couple of days, then I'm going to Denver for a couple of days to uh, go see Tears for Fears live at Red Rocks, which I'm super excited about. Um, I'm really, I could not be more excited to go see my favorite band of all time at the best venue in the world. So that's going to be awesome. My brother got me some cool VIP tickets and we're all going to go and I'm excited. I can't wait. Um, Until then, however, we're going to do some entrepreneurial Q&A-ing right here on Free Coaching Friday. I've got um, got a Facebook live stream going. So what's up, Facebook live streamers? And I don't know. I think we're just going to jump right into it. I'm not doing well, by the way, with this altitude. Man, for having a guy who's lived in uh, for Denver for 15 years, coming back to altitude right now is kicking my butt. So I've had a dull headache for like a day. And I'm drinking tons of water, tons and tons and tons of water. But I finally just sucked it up and I got a um, couple of ibuprofen in me. But man, altitude is no joke. I just walked up the steps with my, my suitcases yesterday and was completely, completely and utterly out of breath. I can't really talk this morning, I've decided as well, probably because I didn't sleep a ton last night. Uh, check one, two, check one, two, just got to get this mic. So, um, what's up, Joel Com on the live stream? So, free coaching Friday from Lake Tahoe, let's jump right into it. Matthew Chikoria says, hey, Michael, how did you set up the lighting for your courses? Were you happy with the outcome? Um, I set up the lighting with uh, nature. So a great piece of advice I heard from, I want to say Amy Porterfield a few years ago, is if you can, it could have been Amy Schmidt Tower. It's one of the Amys that has the long last name. Um, I, uh, natural light is the way to go if you, can, if you can do it. And it happens that my studio has a nice natural light from about 11 o'clock to 6 o'clock, depending on the time of the year. So I've had this great, uh, this fantastic light for my courses. I just have to move a monitor out of the way and I have to take my, my um, China symbol off my drum set because it blocks it. So, uh, but it's really good. So really happy with the outcome. I had to do a couple of edits to the course. So my, my course is finally just about done. I have 
a couple things to do today, and I think I'm good to go, and I can launch the darn thing. So I had to do a couple of endings. There was a couple of endings that, that the footage was a little weird, so I had to do a little, a couple of, uh, I don't know what they call it. You know, we got to punch it in, you know, where I do a couple of, like, wrap-ups to the end of a chapter or two, and it's going to look a little different. I mean, hopefully it's not going to be that awful, but, but uh, I thought it's better to look a little different and kind of cut it versus have a, an awkward end to the video. But really happy with the outcome. The videos are shot with 1080p, beautiful video. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, uh, I think it looks great. And I think the course content is awesome. The one really cool thing about the art of the interview, which I'm just about to put out, is I recorded three completely separate courses. So I did a video version. So it's, you know, whatever it is, 20 different chapters all on video. Then I recorded completely separately an audio version. So I didn't do just, um, you know, extracting the audio track from the video. My thought process was people are going to consume the course. If they do it in audio, it's going to be a different uh, consumption than if, you, if you're just watching on video. Just that, now that's the same reason why YouTube videos don't work as, you know, video podcasts. It's just, a di it's a different medium. So, and then I did a, a full, you know, copy, a full text version that's like on your Kindle. So, it's three completely separate things that you can consume any way you want. That's the most exciting thing, although it has added a layer of complication to my life. But uh, super excited about how they're coming out. I will be announcing it formally very soon with some kind of really rad, you know, a discount for you guys being solopreneur hour listeners. Um, Scott Horlbogen says, um, not a question, just a quick note. Oh, okay. Just a quick note to tell you that I attended the Agents of Change conference in Portland last week. And because I used the Conference Topia tactics, I was able to elevate my conference game. Sweet. I was able to meet and hang out a bit with John and Kate, while also Vincent Landino, Amy Schmidtower, and some of the other presenters at the after party. Also met some other great people who were in attendance and made some great connections. A year ago, I would not have attended something like this, but because you preach the importance of these events and putting yourself out there, it forced, to, forced me past my comfort zone. And what a surprise, great things happen. Thank you for showing us the way. Scott Horlbling and LavaTravel.co. So... So my current mantra is that everybody should be going to a conference. As the uh, the Facebook live stream cut out right when I said that, so everyone should be going to a conference at least once per quarter, every three months. So the um, Dale Ting, I'm going to answer your question in a second. Um, so it's I, I have a free course called Conference Topia, which is a just a quick four parter. It's about an hour long on how to grow your business better by going to conferences. And it's how to establish relationship and build these relationships that in the long run will not only enhance your life, but will definitely enhance your business as well. It's really nice to be able to, you know, have a friend that's in your corner when you're doing a launch like this, or you are, you know, starting your podcast and you want good guests or, you know, those kinds of things. So... Conference Topia is free. You can get it at conferencetopia.com. And I'm loving the feedback. I'm getting tons of great feedback, especially from people that, by the way, I just said especially, which is not something I do, especially from people that are generally kind of shy 
Um, so it's like if you want to have, you want to be armed with, with a, a methodology when you go to conferences, not only with a strategy of like, hey, I want to do this and I want to get this for my business, etc., but also a methodology when you're actually having the conversations. You want to have the chops, if you will, to have great conversations and um, allow those conversations to go into you know, uh, relationships in the future. So Dale Ting just wrote on Facebook Live, Hey, Michael, I joined Conference Topia. How do I get the audio slash podcast version of it so I can listen to it while running or driving? So I lost it, Dale, is the answer to that question. I have everything with me today that I recorded uh, from um, the Conference Topia course, and I'm hoping I can find the files somewhere either on this hard drive or on this SD card or on this PF card, CF card. So... I'm looking for it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need, I need to be more than organized. Um, but I recorded it. It wasn't ready yet. I did that first, and then I did all the videos. And I'm like, I can't find the audios. So I've got to find the audios. Same drill for Conference Topia. I'm doing a full podcast version and a, um, and a video version. So, so uh, I will find that for you, Dale. I will put that up there and uh, get that going hopefully by the end of today. Um, anyway, I'm glad you loved it, Scott. And for those of you who haven't done it, uh, conferencetopia.com. Sean Penrod, Solo Lab member, says, Hey Michael, I'm facing a huge crossroads and really could use some coaching. I'm done with my current job in January, but my business isn't able to support my family yet. I'm dreading the thought of looking for another job because I'm so unemployable. I'm wearing my unemployable hat. However, I will feed and shelter my family, even if it means monocling. Manacling. Manacling myself. Is that a word? Manacling? Manacling myself with a ball and chain for a bit. My question is, should I shut this up? My question is, should I try to do some kind of consulting so I can bring in good money and still work for myself? If so, how do I figure out what to consult and where do I find clients? I've also struggled with, my, with identifying the marketable skills I have, so this raises a lot of doubts and self-limiting beliefs. However, I've invested a lot in myself and my business over the years, and I believe there's something valuable I can offer. But if I do that, I'll be taking focus away from my business that I actually want to build. Would love your thoughts, and I look forward to diving more into Solo Lab on a coaching call. So, this is a killer question for anybody that is currently working in a gig, you know, and maybe that gig is going to end, or they get fired, or they get laid off. In Sean's case, I think he's just retiring. It's in military. Um, there's a, a pathway to, you know, ultimate solopreneurship, but... Um, hang on. <coughs> um, but it takes, the pathway is very circuitous and you don't know where it's, where it's going to take you for a while. So the, the great news is, Sean, is that your instincts are 100% correct. And that is that um, consulting is the first way for you to make good money and still have total time freedom. So... The way I like to do it is you work your job, then you get a little side job consulting in something that you're already good at. So whatever your job is, even if you hate your job, think about it like this. Most of the time you hate your job, it's because of the hours or the people, right? You don't like the people that, uh, that you're working with or you don't like the hours that you're working. Now, when you consult... You can choose both of those things. So you don't have to worry about what hours you work 
and the people you work with. Those are things that are choices. So you'll actually find, I do find that some people that are in the solopreneur game really kind of dig and stay in the consulting gig for a while. The money's great. You still have time freedom. You really get yourself into uh, financial freedom if you're, if you're charging the right amount. And that is a legitimate, um, that's a legitimate solopreneur endeavor. You know, just because we say solopreneur doesn't mean we get to sit home and have passive income all the time, right? Uh, actors have to, you've got to go work. I do this show. I got to go, I got to, I got to hustle. I'm hustling all over the country doing stuff. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't work for what I'm doing. It just means that I don't have a job working for somebody else. So that's what a solopreneur is. And consulting is definitely in that regard. So I can't remember, Sean, what your skill set is um, right now with the military. Otherwise, I would have some suggestions for you. But, you know, I know what you like from a hobby standpoint. What you're finding from your hobby is that your audience, and I'll share something a little personal about this, is that your audience isn't spending money. Sometimes you can't do anything about that. Like, if you're in the, uh, you know, you're in the, the gaming world, and your audience isn't used to spending a lot of money, right? So that's why you're having a hard time making you know, the podcast really monetize is because your audience just doesn't spend that much money. I will tell you that you know, we're, I've, you know, I'm the co-host of the Heinz Ward Show. We're literally struggling to get people to listen to that show. But it's not from lack of effort. The show itself is great. We've got, you know, five stars solid on iTunes and a bunch of reviews. We've got a huge audience. Two million. Two million on social media. I, can, I posted something the other day. You guys will be blown away by this. I posted something the other day for the Heinz, on the Heinz Ward Show. And I'll see if I can get the stats up for you right now. But the, the Steelers, my beloved black and gold Steelers, got their butts handed to them by the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles, last weekend. And it wasn't even, it wasn't like, oh, they lost. I mean, they got crushed in every facet of the game. It was, and they were ranked number one. Steelers were ranked number one in all the power rankings. Um, Eagles have this brand new quarterback who didn't, you know, who hasn't proven himself. They got annihilated. So, I posted a, a meme. I was looking at uh, Steelers hashtags uh, on Instagram, and I come across this meme that has Santonio Holmes, who caught the ball that won the Super Bowl for the Steelers against the Arizona Cardinals 10 years ago, uh, and Ben Roethlisberger holding the Lombardi Trophy. So they're holding, they won the Super Bowl, and they're holding it. And the caption said, the last time we lost to the Eagles, this happened. So the last, it's true. The last time that the Steelers lost to the Eagles, they won uh, the Super Bowl that year. So I post this picture on, you know, the Heinz Ward Facebook page, which has 1.6 million followers on it. And, of course, this posts as Heinz Ward. Uh, they don't know that, but I'm, I'm behind the scenes. I'm posting as Heinz Ward. So the thing says, uh, last time we lost to the Eagles, this happened. This post, organically has 1.614, really 1.6 million people reached. It was liked by 22,000 people, was shared 11,905 times, 
and has 816 comments. And I can't get a thousand people to listen to the podcast every day. Are you kidding me right now? So there's something about the choice and the tweak that we have to make. You, you, you do your thing. You say, okay, I'm going to do this. This is going to be my first solopreneur endeavor. I'm going to do this. And then you try it and it's always an experiment and it doesn't work for one reason or another. Now I'm not ready to throw in the towel yet on the Heinz Ward show, of course. Um, nor should you be ready to throw in the towel with uh, your podcast and what you're doing for the magic crowd. But it may require you to do something else and tweak your business a little so that you can continue to experiment with, you know, MTG Pro Tutor, right? So you want to, you want to, this whole thing is always a process of audience building and experimentation, audience building and experimentation. You give value, give value, give value, build audience, build audience, build audience. Don't do anything with them yet. You're just building audience and giving value. At some point, you might have a small ask and say, all right, uh, what if I put a little course out and it's uh, $7 or blah, 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 um, you know, and see if anybody buys, see if there's anybody that's interested. Uh, and if they do, you go, oh, that's, that's interesting. You know, the great microcosm of this is what people do with Facebook ads. If you're a good Facebook ad person, you have your, whatever your product or your service that you're trying to sell, and you'll create 10 Facebook ads for it. You'll run those Facebook ads, let's say Thursday, you'll run the Facebook ad on Thursday morning from 10 a.m. until like 6 p.m. or something like that. And uh, you at the end of the day, you look and see which ad performed the best. And you do them for just like a couple of cents. You're not doing a lot of money. You're putting 10 bucks on each ad or something like that. But you look at which of the 10 ads performed the best and you pick that one and you eliminate the others. So unfortunately for us, sometimes doing that costs a little more money, a little more time. But the concept is exactly the same where we have to build the audience. We've got to see which of the, the ideas we have are going to work. And if we don't pay a lot of attention to that stuff, we then go down a road that's really long and we've spent a lot of money on it. And we don't want to do that. That is definitely something we do not want to do. So um, you got to just, you got to stay the course. And in your case, Sean, if you want to be a consultant first, let's, you know, let's you and I figure out what to consult on. And that's really going to be your, your jam. Um, I know you have skill sets. I've seen you use them. Okay. Um, Mark Burdett says, he says, question, uh, I've heard a lot, from, I've heard from a lot of different people. It's important to start your day as early as sick as 4.30 a.m. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> uh, my problem is that I'm a morning and a night person. What time do you get up in the morning to attack the day? And based on your experience and those in your circle, do you agree with those that say getting up at 4.30 a.m. gives you a competitive advantage over the next person? So... There are plenty of, there's plenty of evidence that says that getting up earlier is more productive. Uh, I have experimented with this, Mark. I started getting up at 6 a.m. And while it was nice, I, I got a good workout in. I was actually pretty productive. I got like my drum practice in. I would find that I would have to nap in the middle of, I would be so tired in the middle of the day that I would have to nap and it would sort of kill my afternoon productivity. Now that said, 
you know, someone like John Lee Dumas gets up at really like gets up really early every day and he only does he only does four or five sessions of 48 minutes on super focused work and then uh, 12 minutes off for like a little relaxation. 48 minutes on, 12 minutes off. And he does that like four or five cycles during the day. Then by three o'clock, he's done. Now he does that unless he's got some, you know, unless he's doing shows all day. So for me, it's weird, Mark, because, you know, music for me is one of my releases. And I do play music two or three nights a week at some jams in San Diego. Those things don't even start until 10 o'clock. So I can't exactly, you know, if I'm going to be going 10 to 12, I can't expect that getting up at 4.30 in the morning the following day is going to work for me at all. So it's like I've got to, I've got to find my medium. In my case, I usually get up. I, I wake up usually around 7. Um, I get a tremendous amount of work done, believe it or not, with my phone in my bed. I get the majority of my emailing done for the day between seven and eight in the morning while I'm in bed. Um, and often I won't even check my email until later that afternoon on my computer. So I'll just respond to stuff usually via voice. You know, I usually use the Siri voice to text and respond to all the emails and get them going. I'll schedule stuff like that, you know, between seven and eight, then eight o'clock I usually get up and get my day started. And I usually do, if I can, um, I do a morning walk somewhere, eight to nine thirty. I do a morning entrepreneurial walk. So I've got a park by my house. Um, I've got the beach not too far from my house. I'm in Lake Tahoe right now. I might go and do that after I do this show. And I'll go and walk for about an hour and a half. It's five, about five miles, 10,000 steps. And I'll only listen to entrepreneurial content. That's what I do on the walk. I only listen to entrepreneurial content for that hour and a half. So if it's not an audiobook, often it's a Tim Ferriss show interview or it's a, um, you know, Somebody from some, I don't listen to a lot of entrepreneurial podcasts at all, but if I do, it's in that hour and a half. And, and then I do that for, and then I come back at nine 30, do my breakfast, maybe do a quick little, do my morning pushups, that kind of thing. And then, uh, and then I'm off to start my day. So that's mine, you know, but I would say that my, I'm not the world's most productive person, but, but, um, I do seem to get a lot done with that. My thought on this is if you are, I mean, a lot of military people love to get early, get up early. If you're an early person and you do get distracted during the course of the day, everything's quiet in the morning and you can just sit and get a ton of work done before nine o'clock. You know, in fact, most can get more uh, more work done by nine than most people get all day. So if you can hack it, I would highly suggest you experiment with it and see what will actually work for you. You know, it didn't work for me to get up quite that early. I can't justify getting up at in the fours or fives at all. I just feel like I would be vomitous all day. Um, but when I got up at six, I was fairly productive, but it didn't work for me for the rest of the day. Uh, so now I'm, I'm a sevener. Um, but yeah, experiment. I would try it. Try whatever you want for like, you know, six weeks or something like that. And give, it a, give it a real shot. Don't just try it for a week. But give it, give it a real go. I'm really curious to hear what all, all of your feedback is on that. If, and if any of you were, you know, uh, late people and started becoming, you know, earlier people. I tend to be a morning person. I, I'm pretty peppy in the morning, but I just don't like getting up quite that early. So, yeah, there you have it. Um, okay. Sam, Mr. Sam Wiegman says, hey, Michael, uh, you're starting to sound as busy as Gary V. It feels like that lately. My question is, how have you been able to convert your new Instagram follow? Wait, 
is have you been able to convert your new Instagram followers or have you just been gaining numbers? Convert them to what? Energy? Just convert them into convert them into uh, dancing showgirls? No. Um, I know you're. I know what you're saying, Sam. I'm being silly. I'm being silly right now. Um, yes, is the answer. So, I I haven't tried that much. When you're building, when you're building audience, you focus on building audience. So, my first focus was I'm not doing anything until I get to at least. 10,000 followers on uh, Instagram. Like, I'm not going to ask anything. So that's what we did. Uh, Myself and, um, of course, Tony, who you heard in the last episode, focused on getting to over 10,000 followers on Instagram. Once I got to about 10, probably it was about 12, I then formally announced Conferencetopia on my Instagram page because I knew that if someone was going to be an entrepreneur and they were going to pay attention to my Instagram that they probably go to conferences as well. And, you know, my goal, I want to grow my mailing list with Conferencetopia, and then when my new course comes out, I'll have this group of sort of fresh entrepreneurial thinking people that may want my uh, Art of the Interview course. So I didn't ask them for anything for many months, and then um, recently I started doing a Conferencetopia image on my Instagram, and I changed my bio to Conferencetopia. So now I get eight, I don't know, probably like five to 50 opt-ins a day from Conferencetopia, depending on how much I push it. So if I push it on my Facebook page, my my Twitter account, my um, Instagram, I'll, I might get like 40 or 50 opt-ins that day, sometimes more, which is amazing because people pay $1.50 to $3 per opt-in, you know? And even more, sometimes $5 to, to have like an entrepreneurial opt-in. People are paying for Facebook ads for that, and they're paying 3 or $4 per lead. And I'm getting them for free for Conferencetopia. So, so I'm really good. I'm really happy with those numbers. And I've grown that, you know, my list by I think like 600 or something from this free course. So that's a success in my, in my book. But I'm, all I'm doing is every once in a while, maybe every week or two, posting something on my Instagram to get them to opt into my um, Conferencetopia course. So that's the only ask I'm doing. So in, in, if you're asking about that, I will, I convert them by doing that. And then, you know, then I'd send my email out once a week. Um, one thing I haven't done yet from the email is really focused on getting them to go back to the podcast. Cause I don't, I realize that some of those people came in through the Conferencetopia funnel and don't even listen to my podcast yet. So I have to, you know, I've got to do that next. That's the next plan pathway is now that people have opted into Conferencetopia, they've gotten the free course, they're going to, you know, hopefully think that, that uh, I'm giving decent content, then I've got to get them to become podcast listeners um, by funneling them that way. So that's like the next thing I'm going to do. And by convert, I think that's probably what you meant. So, yes, they, I'm converting them into mailing list opt-ins. I have not converted them into um, podcast listeners just yet. So, yeah, thanks, as always, uh, Sammy. Uh, Miriam, Miriam Ortiz Epino, morethanorganized.net, by the way. If you guys want to organize your life, and I always do, then you guys should reach out to Miriam at More Than Organized. She's awesome. Um, she says, in case it's not too late, I just listened to Wednesday's episode with Tony. Wondering if you were just having an Aleppo moment when you forgot my name. I didn't forget your name. Um, 
lucky, lucky, luckily, Tony elegantly covered and did get my name right. I didn't forget your name. Um, I did think it was a case of a bit of missed opportunity, though, for Tony to not speak about the differences in our approaches towards Instagram. How do you elegantly weave various clients' experiences into an interview without sound, sounding too salesy? I feel like that's two different questions. Um, how do you weave elegantly weave various clients' experiences? Oh, various client experiences. I see what you, uh, you're saying. So that he's got a different experience with me versus you is what you're saying without sounding too salesy. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I think that, um, yeah, in Tony's case, that was like one of the first podcasts he's done. So he doesn't have his rhetoric totally down yet. And in the future, he would say something like the, the weave would be, uh, bringing up the point. And you know, what's interesting. All Instagram accounts aren't, equal. You know, on, on one hand, Michael, I do, we do for your account, we do this, 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 this. On another account, Miriam's, uh, Miriam's Instagram, we do this, 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 this. Then we can contrast it with someone like Mike Sherbakov who does it like this or this, you know, or whatever. I mean, so yeah, that's all part of the narrative. Um, I think the way to make that not sound salesy is to not say anything at the end of it. Meaning, you know, uh, your, his approach is like this. Your approach is like this. And you, too, can have an approach like this. You know what I mean? That's what you definitely don't want to do because that definitely sounds salesy. Um, so I, it, I, that's just reps, to be honest. It's just a matter of how many times you get to, uh, to experience, you know, that question and answer it a number of times. Because if you answer it enough, you'll get the, you'll get the vibe down. Any good salesperson knows how to bring someone into um, uh, uh, their, their funnel, their vocal funnel, without letting the other person in on it, right? So I used to be able to do it really well with my isogenics conversation. Someone would say, uh, you know, so what do you do? And I said, well, you know how like everyone's fat and all our food's terrible and nobody knows what to eat? And they go, yeah. I go, I help people fix that. And they go, oh. Well, how do you do that? So now they're at the top of my funnel. I, I wanted them to ask, how do you do that? And then I say, oh, well, um, I, I make sure their nutrition is you know, completely dialed in. I'm with this health and wellness company that caters people's nutrition towards that kind of thing. And then they'll, they'll always, and I always leave it open, right? And so they'll go, oh, they, oh what is, what's the company? What's the name of it? Or, you know, what do you do? And I said, well, it's, it consists of, you know, shakes and, um, you know, a, a, a plan. I'm years out of it now, so obviously you can tell. But they'll say, oh, I, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll present it to them in a way that they, they, they go, oh, I totally need that. Whatever that is, I need it. And they go, how do I get that? And, well, what's your phone number and your email, blah, blah. And, and so you, I, went to, I took them through that funnel. That's the same thing you do when... You're, when you get your business down, you get that six-second, you know, six-word answer, rather, to what you do. Um, I help other unemployable people like myself take their skills and their hobbies and turn them into a business. That's what I do. That's what I do. When someone says that, that's what I do. And they go, ah, how do you do that? Well, I have this podcast and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, when's the podcast? You know, and that's how I get people into my little funnel, you know, audio-wise. So, 
Everyone needs to have that. It, it is, of course, the, uh, a callback. It is part of Conferencetopia, uh, teaching people how to do that. So get my Conferencetopia course if you haven't already. And we need to have that. We need to have that down. It's part of the job description of being a solopreneur. Is you need to know how to answer those questions. And we were just going through this in Solo Lab the other day, uh, with Mark, in fact. And a great way to start with how to answer that six-word. Uh, question, or, or how to give the six-word answer is, I help blank do blank. I help blah. So I help other unemployable people like myself, right, learn. So you've got to have a proposition, preposition. Wow, I can't, I, I cannot talk. My brain is not connected right now. I'm loopy. Uh, preposition. So you're going to learn, do, have, be, blah, blah, blah. Um, learn to take their hobbies and skill sets and turn them into a business. So I help blank, preposition, blank, um, not proposition. <laughs> I help people proposition uh, their future wife. Um, so it's, the, um, it's, it's part of the job description to be able to do that and be able to answer those things uh, for people. Um, so that's going to be it for my, my questions. I'm going to push pause on the show and see if we have any questions from the Facebook live streamers. Uh, what's up, Facebook live? How you doing, Mateo? What's up, Kristen? What's up, Jeff from uh, the UK? Um, if you guys have any questions, I will answer them on this show right now. Just type them into the comments and uh, fire me a few questions and we'll make it happen. All right? If not, I'll just wrap the old show up. Let me go to my live stream right now. It's a little easier to see. We got 10 live. What's up, Aaron? Good to see you. We'll be seeing you at Tears for Fears very soon. It's really weird how the comments don't show up very well um, until it's over. Then I get all these comments, and I'm like, man, what happened to them? So, what do you think here, guys? You got anything for me? Y'all got anything for me? Oh, you know what? I did forget a question. Uh, I totally forgot a question that I should have asked. All right, Dale Ting, good. Okay, good. We got a couple. All right. All right, cool. I got a few Facebook Live questions right here. Um, one I forgot about is, and maybe I skipped it in my notes, but uh, Paula Slater says, uh, Hey, Michael, my question is about the recording equipment uh, you used while interviewing John Lee Dumas on a plane. This was an older interview. Sorry, I can't remember the episode. Both of you seem to have your own mic. The sound was excellent. Thanks in advance. Paula Slater. Paula, what you're hearing this show on right now is the exact same setup that I recorded uh, Planecast 1 and 2 with. And, and I'll give you the, here's the first, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what they are and then I'll tell you how to get it really easily. Um, this is the Zoom H6 portable recorder. And for those of you on Facebook Live, I can show you the recorder right there, recording the show as we speak. That's what it looks like. Uh, check, check, one, two, check, one, two. And then I've got a Heil PR35 microphone, Paula, uh, that I've got plugged into it. However, you don't need a microphone that fancy. You can get yourself a Shure SM58. 
Shure, S-H-U-R-E, SM58, uh, SM58 microphone, and that is a fantastic microphone. And in fact, I think that's what we did the first plane cast with. If you guys want my awesome portable podcast setup and or the Sexy 7, you just got to go to kit.com, K-I-T dot com slash solo hour, kit.com slash solo hour. And that's K-I-T, and this is pretty cool. This is a great new, um, I, I don't know how new it is, but it's a service that allows you to put these like things that you do and you use in your regular life into like a little kit, and then people can buy the whole kit if they want to. So I only have two of them up there right now. I've got the portable podcasting kit and the Sexy 7. And in fact, I should add a different microphone to the portable podcasting kit because I've got the Heil PR35 right now. It is rather expensive, but you can buy in one click. You can click the button that says buy all on Amazon. It adds all of those things to your cart. You get the exact same kit that I use to record the show, and I get a little, I get a little taste off the top, which is so awesome. It's such a cool, um, it's such a cool service. So I'm going to be adding more kits depending on the kinds of things that I do in my life. And uh, I, hope you, I hope you'll dig it. So kit.com is how you get the entire thing. It's the uh, Zoom H6 Heil PR35 setup. Um, Mark Burdett says, just got the Zoom H6 today. Any words of wisdom getting started uh, with using it the right way? There's not a lot to it, Mark. Just make sure that you're... Um, uh, well, I guess a couple things that I could let you, know, let you in on. You want to use a real microphone with an XLR cable like I am recording this show right now. And you want to make sure that you turn the uh, input knob. The Zoom H6 has four input knobs. Um, see, I, if, if I go, I'll, I'll turn the input knob up and down while I'm doing the show right now. La. Okay. So that was me turning the input up and down. Now it's super maxed. And what I do is I have it peak right around minus six on the Zoom LCD screen. And then the other thing is, you can decide what you want to record in, Mark. Um, if you want to do multi-track recording, like if you're recording a podcast with somebody else and you want their recording to be on their own channel and you want your, uh, your voice to be on your channel, then you want to record into WAV format. If you want a smaller file size, like right now I'm recording into MP3 at 96 kbps, because I know that my show is going to be compressed even further than that anyway. Um, but that allows me to have like 70 hours of content on this one SD card. So you can just decide uh, with recording format if you want to do kind of a big, like full format. Like if I was recording music, I'd do full format. And because I'm recording uh, just this audio for the podcast, and I know I'm going to compress it and upload it, I'm doing an MP3. So there's that. Okay, next question. Dale Ting says, how do you see society embracing the solopreneur lifestyle of prioritizing time, location, and financial freedom? Are you seeing a stigma from the classic business community, friends, peers, or relatives, or is it getting better? I've attended a few small business events, and it still seems like this type of business uh, has not been embraced or accepted yet. How do you explain it to people that this is what type of business is all about? So this is, this is one of those deals where you don't know what you don't know. In, in my case, Dale, I go to mostly conferences where people are entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, and they think 
people working regular jobs is crazy. So if you're going to regular conferences and they're like, you know, uh, nine to fivers, they think we're all crazy. And there might be an element of truth in each one, to be honest. Um, so in, in the, the people I surround myself with, um, I will say in general that I think the people that I surround myself with are happier in life. The people that have chosen to become entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and mompreneurs and spapreneurs are generally happy in their lives. And the people that are still in the grind are sort of looking into the horizon, looking into the distance and saying, man, I wish I could do something like that. So I think that as a society, more people are starting, you know, small businesses now than ever before. So I do find that, um, that I think we're ahead of the curve, to be honest. I think we're ahead of the curve because in the, however many years I've been doing this, I've heard far more, wow, you're so lucky that you get to make your own schedule than aren't you nervous about, you know, uh, not having a 401k or whatever. I just don't see a lot of reason for doing it the other way at this point. Um, so yeah, that's the deal. Um, Jeff Nicholson says, what advice do you have for attracting higher profile guests on the show? Jeff, I've got a great answer for that. And you can get that answer at Art of the Interview when it comes out. <laughs> Sorry, bud. You walked right into that one. But yes, that is something I do talk about, how to get higher. There's, there's a chapter called How to Attract Higher Profile Guests on Your Show. Um, I work, I'm going to work my butt off today to get the thing done so that you guys can buy the darn course right away. Um, and I promise, it's, it's something I'm working on. I just have a little, couple of video edits to do and some other odds and ends. And although I got to say, I have some recording to do and I'm so loopy. I don't know why I'm so loopy from this altitude, but I'm not sure if I'll be able to record today. We'll see. I've been very loopy on this show. Um, guys, I think that's going to do it unless anybody from live has another, uh, another little question. Um, but, uh, but yeah, thanks to everyone who's been participating. It's been awesome. I do appreciate all of you. And let me check my email one more time before I log off. Cause whatever, what happens is inevit inevitably I hit stop and then somebody emailed me while I was recording the show with like another great question. And then it gets lost in the, in the shuffle. So let's see. Um, oh, look at that. Aaron Sell. What's up, Aaron? And you're going to uh, Tears for Fears at Red Rocks. Sweet. Yeah, we'll definitely all have to get together. That'd be awesome. Um, all right, so that's it for questions, you guys. Uh, have a great weekend. Please, if you would, be so kind. I'm watching a couple of rad people get married here in, uh, in Lake Tahoe. And um, it's kind of a tropical think tank reunion. We got Chris Ducker coming out with Urs and a bunch of rad folks. Uh, we got Timothy Moza, Vintage Moza, is uh, here. I saw him last night. I was really, really loopy last night. And um, I'm excited to hang out with these guys today. So uh, you guys have a wonderful weekend. Love you all. And we'll see you next week. Later. All right, Facebook Live. I'll see you guys later. I hope, hope you guys have a, wait, a great weekend as well. And, uh, yeah. Y'all, y'all keep on rocking. And thanks for doing this. Thanks for participating. 
You're a, you're a, you're a lovely, you're a lovely group of people. You want to see my room? Let me, I'll show you my view. We got a little Tahoe out here. It's cool, right? If I had the other facing window, uh, right there is the lake. I think I can, I could peek at it. I could peek at it from the, wait, is that the lake? Yeah. This is actually the direction of the lake. It's just, I'm, I'm, not, I'm too far away. So, anyway. Y'all rock. Hope you have a good day. I'm gonna post this show now and maybe take another nap. I'm not feeling good at all. All right, I'll see you later. Peace out. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash solo hour, on Twitter at solo hour, and of course at solohour.com. Michael, you're so naughty. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.